Attention audience, it's that time of the week again, you know it, it's the best day of the week, it is, it's Friday, Friday, Friday Films, Uh, this week we are, surprise surprise, back with another Bond, but in a new block, Yes, we have the Daniel Craig block. Which is basically the reboot of the franchise. Which it was, it really was, and I loved this movie. Uh, both the original time and now. Uh, not to take credit away from any other movie. They're all good Bond movies. But I love the the reboot. I love seeing Bond as he became the double O. Like the early stages of Bond. Bond becoming and, uh, Bond, if you will. It, essentially, yes, yes. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to get into this movie. I really enjoyed it. I knew I would. Um, but it, it, it's also a really good movie. Both well, on a cinematic, too. We, we both agreed that we were excited for this movie, and it ranked very highly on our list beforehand. So let's uh, let's dive on in and see where this movie ranks at the end of this podcast. Casino Royale, released on November 17th, 2006. Mm-hmm. Runtime of two hours and 24 minutes. So we now have the second longest Bond movie next to... On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I think that one was like two hours and 35 or something like that. Directed by Martin Campbell. You should remember his name from Goldeneye. The director of Goldeneye, the current number one on the list. So well, That makes so much more sense now. (laughs) Why did I not put that together? So where will his work with Casino Royale rank compared to his previous outing with Goldeneye? We shall see. Um, starring the new double O Daniel Craig, um, Eva Green, Judy Dench and Mads Mikkelsen. We have literally nothing but great actors in this movie. Very true. Nothing but great actors. I mean, granted Bond movies have always had great actors in the past as well, but these are all like, like grade a actors. I mean, just even if you take Daniel Craig out of it, cause he was relatively new, you know, yeah, to Hollywood kinda... when when he started doing mm-hmm. this, and even uh, Eva Green as well. Just Judy Dench and Mads Mikkelsen; those two alone, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. are just god tier actors. Um, budget of one hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, if I remember correctly, I think it's I think it was actually lower budget than Die Another Day was. Um, but God damn, this movie was a million times better than Die Another Day. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> Again, like the more money does not make the better movie. <laughs> more money does not mean more better movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Jordan, let's let's dig into this, man. I got some great facts at the end that I want to get to, and I'm just excited to talk about Casino Royale. I am too. So jumping back into this movie... Um, I remember Casino Royale. I remember it being one of my favorites. I do remember it being a long movie, but I remember it being longer than it actually was for some reason. But I forgot how good it was. Uh, both a movie, story, and the cinematic is what I want to mm-hmm. get into because we literally start this movie in black and white, which threw me off because yeah. I forgot about all this. I forgot about the whole opening scene. Mm. Um, but I loved the the look on it. You know, the black and white um, in the Czech Republic. You see some guy kind of going into this building, taking up, you know, going up the elevator. Um, and he gets to his to his office, but guess who's there? Do you, you want you want to say who's there? I'll let you say it. Phil Kensington. That's right. Good old Phil is back. 
<laughs> it was James Bond himself. Good old James Bondy Bond, Bondy Bond, or Jimbo. Jimmy, Jimbo. We don't have we don't have that actor in these movies, which I do miss. I loved him I, yeah, in, the, I did in like Golden him. Eye and um Yeah, I liked Martin him in the, the Brosman um movies more so than when he played the villain. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um but anyway, Bond is sitting there waiting for this guy. They have a little dynamic back and forth mm-hmm. about if, you know, if Anne was really worried about me, she would have sent a, sent a double O. So we see Bond is not a double O he's at this not, moment. No. This man knows who James Bond is, but he knows he's not a double O. Um, he asked him, which is such the most pimp line ever, you know, how many, you know, how many kills does it take to be a double yeah. O? Bond responds with two. And then we get mm-hmm. an awesome flashback scene yes. to a bathroom fight with another guy. Um, where Bond just, they go back and forth destroying this bathroom and a mm-hmm. very gruesome moment of Bond drowning this man in a sink. Now, it kind of cuts back and forth a lot. So you get to that point eventually. But like during the fight, um, when it cuts back and forth, I know how, I, I forget who this guy's name was that Bond was talking to. It doesn't to, matter. He reaches for his gun and Bond, you know, he's like, you don't know anything about me. And Bond's like, well, I know where you kept your gun at. I know where you keep your gun. Um, and he had the bullets and all that stuff. And, and, um, he, what is it? He says something about what's, uh, who was number two or something like that, or, or who was the second kill or something like that. And that's uh, essentially, it's like after the, yeah, scene. yeah. He was talking about like, um, it, he doesn't, he doesn't say who was number two. He, he, he says, you know, you, you, we have, we flash back to bond drowning, the, drowning the, the, the other guy in the sink. The first one. Yeah. And um, the uh, the the bad guy in this scene goes, you know, so so from from here it only gets easier. Talking about killing killing again, and that's a whole theme throughout this whole movie. Yeah. Is from here it only gets easier, and that's where Bond shoots him and responds with the pimpest one of the pimpest lines in this movie, where he just says considerably, like yes, yes killing yes. you was easier than killing the first guy, <laughs> considerably. Um, and then we have a quick flashback to the bathroom scene where Bond is recovering his gun and the guy he drowns, you know, recovers for a moment and Bond turns and shoots. And that is our new take on the gun barrel intro from the black and white scene, which I thought was so rad. Yes. So rad. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I remembered the black and white scene, but I did not remember um, this take on the gun barrel intro. Like I've, I've, I've I've alluded to this many, many times in the previous bond, bond, bond reviews um, that the Daniel Craig bonds do the gun, gun barrel intros very, very differently. Um, But I Mm -hmm. forgot how this movie did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I did too. When going into this and I was like, Oh, I really enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed it. And then from here, we cut right into the intro song, which I thought was rad. It's You Know My Name by Chris Cornell. Um, Another uh, another rare Bond song that does does not say the name of the movie in the song. Um, I think that's only happened one other time before with uh, Octopussy, I believe, was the only other time that happened. Um, So it does not say the name of the name of the movie in the song, but the song is so perfect for that yes. james bond you know his name he doesn't hide he he is who he is you know it's it's great i love the casino theme um you know you got the cards you've got the you know the kings you get the the queen mm-hmm. card that shows that fades and shows eva green's face 
um, super, super cell shaded. You've got like the cell shaded Bond fighting the henchmen, which reminded me a lot of the video game, the, the VR game Super Hot. If mm-hmm. anyone's ever played Super Hot, reminded me a lot of Super Hot. And they, they still come up with the silhouettes and all too in that. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Yeah. I mean, but uh, it and was, I even like God, it was so well the, um, the way they portrayed the, the cards, like the suit of cards, mm-hmm. like well, they showed the one scene where it was like the veins and when the veins like cracked open, little hearts came out of it and then clubs and spades and stuff like that. Yep. So like that and was even like really the, cool. uh, the, the bullets, like any, any of the, during the cell shaded fights, any guns that were fired, the bullets were the spades. Mm hmm. Which was yeah, uh, and I loved, which is really well done. Um, like during that, they had the the seven card. I can't remember what suit it was. Pop up, and then it showed like the two gunshots that yeah, would the, the two holes right yeah. in front of the seven. I thought that was really cool too. So yeah, yeah, very good intro, catchy song, um, good theme all around. It was it was it was a good one. It was definitely mm-hmm. one of my my favorites out of all the movies as far as intro songs go oh yeah oh yeah it was very 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 well done and it was hype too Mm -hmm. man coming it was the perfect transition and the perfect level it was the it was the perfect flow of a bond song mixed with the intro to to follow up that the the black and white intro that we had like like it was it was the it was the get hype moment where it was this is a new bond we're changing direction. This is, this is a much, much more serious but young, younger Bond than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it was, it was the get hype moment, man. I, re- I remember the first time being in theaters, and sitting down and seeing that intro scene and being like, "Holy shit!" And then we get to the 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 intro song, and I'm like, the whole intro song, I'm like, "Fucking get hype, son! Yes, <laughs> yes, this is Bond, ladies and gentlemen." I mean, um, the rest of the movie doesn't disappoint. It does not. It does not. So from the intro song, we cut to Uganda, where Le Chief is meeting with a local warlo- warlord. Le Chief is a banker, an investor that, that basically launders money for, for warlo- warlords. Mm-hmm. For warlord, the bad guys. Yeah, warlord, the warlord's relatively hesitant about giving Le Chief his money, money but eventually gives in. Um, and immediate, immediately, instantly, before Le Chief is even off the runway invests the warlord's money into a um into an airplane company that uh or into a competing company against an airplane company that's doing very very well mm-hmm. he seems to have a plan that he's going to get his money's worth out of this from here we cut to madagascar yet another you know african theme in this first part god this next scene's so rad um, we cut I to- do like how um, real quick like I, this scene is really cool but I like how when Lashif shows up he just leaves the his I don't know the guy the guy that talked to the warlord before Lashif Mr. showed White. up uh, Mr. White yeah. like he seemed to be the he seemed to be Lashif's assistant he's the middleman yeah. the middleman and then like Lashif's like alright cool we got all your money and bails and just leaves him behind in this like little town with the warlord yeah um but in Madagascar, we see a snake and mongoose fight going around where many, many people are gathered about betting on it. Bond is tailing. We see Bond and, and his, the rest of his team, which we'll see in future movies, but we won't see them again in this movie. Um, tailing a bomb maker who we see get a text with the word ellipsis on it. Bond and his team are following the bomb maker. And one of Bond's, Bond's associates is made by the bomb maker and the bomb maker begins to run away. 
ladies and gentlemen, we've had bike chases, we've had car chases, we've had boat chases, we've had ski chases, we've had helicopter chases, snowmobile chases, tank chases, hovercraft chases, invisible car chases. We've had so many different chases. But this is 2006. And what was in in 2006? Hardcore parkour. That's right, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. Parkour chase time. Um, Mirror's Edge, great game. Mirror's Edge, phenomenal game. Came out uh, two years after this game, or one, or one year after this movie, something like that. 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. I was just um, kind of guessing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we this chase sequence is just done so incredibly well. Um, it really was. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into too much of it because it's, it's a long chase, but it's super hyped the whole way. But I will say one of my favorite things about this is the style. You know, the 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 bomb maker is the 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 quick, the agile. He's the one that actually knows how to do parkour. He's doing the jumps yes. and the rolls and the dives and the dips and the and the flippy doos and all everything. Meanwhile, Bond is basically a rampaging tank. <laughs> like the, the the scene that just just makes this whole movie for me and and just sets up his character so well in the way that he does things and in reference to this in references this later of him being a blunt instrument. Um of of the the bomb maker you know jump, jumps up and like swoops himself through this tiny little hole above this yeah, like above Jackie a wall Jan's through a window Jackie Jan's through a window and then and we see like we see him jump and then it cuts to the other side of the wall and we see him come out that tiny little window and it stays on that wall for like two seconds and then we just see Bond bust through the fucking drywall <laughs> yes. that moment favorite just scene of that whole made thing. it man just made it well and not even that like before that like when the, the chase first starts and, and the bomb maker runs into the construction yard like before he even gets to all that he like disappears and hides under something and what you know he's looking around he doesn't see bond doesn't see bond and then what well, here comes bond with a bulldozer, a bulldozer. Just, <laughs> plowing through uses the 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 uh, dump bin of the bulldozer dozer to run up and and, mm-hmm. and kind of catch him it's just a phenomenal scene and there's so many yeah. We could sit and, here. We could sit here for forty-five minutes and just talk about this scene. So I don't yeah, want to dig it, into it too much. But no, no. I mean, it was a good scene. I mean, essentially, Bond chases him through this construction yard, up into a crane, back down from a crane. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the whole way thrown, uh, showing all this, like, back through the building where he like runs to the wall. Yep. Which again, probably one of my favorite scenes. All this. And also, side note, real quick, you mentioned the crane. While they're on the crane, I love how the guy pulls out the gun. Tries to oh, shoot yeah. him and the gun jams and throws the gun at Bond. Bond catches it and just throws it right back at him. And hits him in the face, yeah, which is the best which, part. God, I just it's just so just <laughs> such character like, defining without any any lines. I mean, Bond's had like four lines of dialogue so far in this movie, and you're already like, All yeah, right, up to I, this know, point. I know where mm-hmm. the, I know who this guy is. And that, I think that was one of the things I liked about this is even from like here on out, I mean it's Bond has some lines, but even from here on out, they're not many. But um, and I think Daniel Craig did a good job with this. But the character is shown even in the early stages as Bond is becoming the double O and early stages of double O. You can see mm-hmm. the transition before where he's starting to learn, and at the same time he's in that whole like I don't care. Like he's the classic Bond. Like I'm gonna go through and just anything in my way. Yeah, you know, is getting well, destroyed. Plain it's and also it, we can but see he's too, learning too. Yeah, he's learning, he's, but he's a younger Bond, and it's that young, yeah. young and invincible mentality. You know. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, but, but I think after this whole scene, he they pretty much run to the um, 
the bond maker makes it safely to the local embassy. That's what, yeah. And Bond proceeds to ignore all international protocol and busts and right in. into this embassy, into the main office, taking the bomber hostage and proceeds to shoot his way out. Um, Not killing but, anybody. Yeah, and I love that. He doesn't kill anybody. He, like, shoots the pike to make the smoke, yeah. you know, to kind of kind of disorient him and whatnot. Doesn't kill anybody. Um, takes the bomb, bomber hostage, and we've got a courtyard standoff where they're in this courtyard. Bond's got a gun to the bomber's head. Which, by He's, the way, I think was his gun or somebody else's gun. It wasn't Bond's gun no, that he it was, had. It was somebody's this. gun, but anyway. Um got a hostage standoff situation and the the head of the embassy comes out and like dude like the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> like why um and then in an awesome awesome moment bond you know shoves the uh you know the the bomber towards the towards the head of the embassy you know, put, throws his gun down, shoves the bomber towards the head of the embassy like he's giving up, pulls out his personal gun, double taps the bomber, and then shoots in a, a propane tank in the distance, causing an explosion to happen, mm-hmm. disorienting everybody as he escapes. And I'm like, that is fucking rad, man. <laughs> um, then we cut to Bond jumping off the edge, of, like hiding out underneath a bridge for a moment where he searches the bomber's bag and finds the text message that was sent with ellipsis as the message Mm -hmm. cut to a cut to the banging pimp yacht where he is playing playing poker with some random old dudes and weeping blood um i forget what that's called too he he mentions it in that scene yeah it's it's i i can't remember but anyway it's a it's a real medical condition um Mm -hmm. it's not like deadly or anything but it's just a weird no weird it's very medical, minister yeah weird very very minister sinister sinister sorry sorry <laughs> minister <laughs> um where he then you know proceeds to, to see a a a new story about bond's antics in madagascar mm-hmm. uh and immediately sends the other people away and starts doing his bad guy tom foolery uh <laughs> from here we cut to mi6 and m Wholefully complaining about Bond's antics in Madagascar. She says a lot of fun yes. lines here, but I, I, I don't remember all of them. Meanwhile, we cut back to Bond, who's tracking the origin of the text message coming from the Ocean Club in the Bahamas. He's in a yep, very a, dimly lit, dark room right now, he's playing on a on laptop. A laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see Bond puts the laptop down as the door unlocks, and we see that Bond was waiting for M. In her apartment. In her yes, because during her um, little, uh, whatever you want to call it, when she was leaving, um, I guess the meeting about Bond, she when she was complaining about Bond, she talks about you know give him double O status and he goes and blows up an embassy and this and that and then it's like where the hell is he? You know, back in my day, at least the, the agents would show up when they knew they did something bad or or something oh, no, like that. If, and, if at least if they were gonna go, or at least if they were gonna kill an un- unarmed person they would do they would have the good decency to defect that's what it's okay <laughs> um but meanwhile he's just like chilling in, in her apartment mm-hmm. um in, per- in proceeds to berate bond for various reasons his actions in madagascar breaking into his apartment whatever um he then he then he then goes to leave 
and makes one of the best lines ever where he's like, you know, I thought M was a randomly assigned letter. I didn't know it stood mm-hmm. for, and M stops him and goes, <laughs> if you utter another syllable, I will have you killed. Yes. <laughs> Which I, I think love. He, he ends up calling her mom or something when he leaves. Yeah. Well, in, in England, like ma'am, that's how they pronounce it. Like it's not yes, ma'am. It's yes, mom. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mom, like M O M in America, in England is mum, M U M. Okay, gotcha. So it's mum and mom for mom and ma'am. I almost fucked myself up. It's so weird. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, as he leaves, she no- she notices that he has been on her computer. Yeah. We then she um she also mentions as he's leaving to never break into her house again, which yes. I thought was really good. Yes. Um. Oh no, that's what it was. She tells him she's like, "Why don't you go stick your head in the sand somewhere?" Um, because they want her to give him, give them his head and she's actually considering it. And then she tells him not to break into her house. Yeah, I'm highly considering love. giving you their, giving them your head on a platter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um then we, she cu- does notice that the computer was tilted. A jar. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to bond arriving in the Bahamas and the ocean club. And I love this moment cause it, it kind of reminds me of in die another day when he goes to Cuba. And that whole portion yeah. of Cuban Bond that I really loved. Yes, yeah. I get tiny. Like, yeah. I get tiny elements of that here, but I also love this. He arrives in the Bahamas, and the first time we see him is driving, but not the Bond car. No, like it's a, a Ford. rental Ford Focus. Yeah, which I loved so much because he's not Bond yet. He's not yeah, Bond. He's, he doesn't, he doesn't have get the, taste the Bond for the car. Martin. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I really, really love that. Um, when they get to the, when Bond gets to the ocean club, he stops to tie his shoe while he's surveilling cameras and ways to kind of get in since he's yeah, not looking, supposed he's to scoping he, the area. Yeah. Not supposed to be there. And a man pulls up in a, uh, Land Rover, Land Rover. or something and thinks that Bond is the valet. Bond immediately takes this as his opportunity. He's like, all right, I'll roll with this. Drives the car into the parking lot and completely wrecks the car and uses the distraction to walk into the ocean club unnoticed immediately mm-hmm. heading to the security office to find footage from the day that the text message was sent and sees the man on the footage who sent the text message arrive at the club, Mr. I- Dimitri. Ironically, standing in front of an Aston Martin. Exactly. The DB5, if you will. The OG Bond car. Uh, that's a car. <laughs> from here, uh, Bond... Bond goes out and talks to the receptionist to check into the ocean club. And uh, I love this story. He was like, you know, uh, I, I've got a bit of a confession to make. I, I may have accidentally, I parked next to a beautiful Aston Martin the other day and may have accidentally scratched it when I was opening my car door. Um, could you tell me who owns it? I'd love to, you know, apologize and whatnot. And the receptionist is like, ooh, that's Mr. Dimitri. Full disclosure, yeah. if he doesn't know, I would just Don't let tell. it. I would just let it go. <laughs> and then Bond's Bond's best line is, "What if I felt compelled to tell him?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I like it's just so good, man. It's the cheeky little grins that that Daniel yes. Craig gives. And I'm not saying Daniel Craig's my favorite Bond. We haven't made that list yet. But it's that cheek, the style of this Bond, the cheeky little grins, like like. The Pierce Brosnan one-liners I absolutely love. The witty, yeah, the witty and, ones. And Daniel Craig does not have those one-liners, but he no. has those cheeky moments. 
It's not yes. li- it's not the lines that he says. It's no, the it's moments how he, that he has. Yeah, it's like how he per, um <clears throat> oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's presents portrays, himself. portrays yeah, it. presents yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, um and then we cut to Bond uh, or we then we cut to Bond on the beach as he watches a beautiful woman ride a ride a horse up to a, a villa on the uh, on the ocean front where children are chasing the chasing the mm. woman. Woman is incredibly attractive. Oh. Not gonna lie, those children became man men that day. <laughs> that was when that was, was their, um, their 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 first happy moments. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think if I remember correctly, uh, when he was talking to the receptionist, she had mentioned about how Dimitri had some property. There's a house the at the beach. Yeah, and so I think this was Bond's way of getting a swim in, but also kind of like. Scoping Funny. out that area too. Yeah. Investigating. And we do see uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig come out of the water, and we see the full Bond bod. Um, yeah. Full muscles. This is easily the most jacked Bond we've ever had. Like Daniel Craig is jacked. I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. He is. He is a well built dude. Um. So very very impressive. And from here, after after he watches the arrival and finds out it's Dimitri, sees him on the balcony. Uh, we cut to Bond accessing M's remote server using her password, researching Dimitri and his this. known associates. I and, love this. And finds Le Chief is one of the known, known associates. Of course, that so, information is triggered by MI6, who promptly calls M and wakes her up in the middle of the night. <laughs> and she's yes. like, how does he know this? How, do you, how does he know these things about my password? Yeah. I, that that whole scene was was one, probably one of my favorites as well. Just because like you, she gets woken up by the phone call and she's like, "What? What do you want?" And like, "Hey, just want to let you know that Bond's in the Bahamas." And she's like, "Why are you telling me this in the middle of the night?" And he's like, "Well, because he's you know looking up all this information uh, on the servers using your login and password." She's like, "How the hell does he find these things out?" <laughs> because Bond found her home address, and, and you know. She didn't know how he found that out either, but I, I love that whole scene. And you kind of see where she's starting to realize that Bond is Bond or becoming Bond too, because she's watching him, even though he was told to drop the case because it was a dead end and to move on, he continued on the job technically being fired. Yeah. She's watching and, him reveal this information and finds out that Le Chiffre yeah is a known associate and Le Chiffre was somebody that they were tracking to begin with. Yeah, so she's starting to realize that he's not going to drop this, and no. he is become you know essentially he's becoming the Bond. He's coming into his own. Know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, from here, Bond goes back to the club and proceeds to have a little poker competition with the poker contest with Dimitri. Judging from the name Casino Royale, the intro poker is. A, if you did not watch this movie before listening to this room, did not watch this movie before listening to this review, damn you, you should have. Poker is a huge, huge theme in this movie. Oh, yeah, and it's portrayed multiple times between yes. uh, Le Chief playing on his boat and when Bond's in M's room, he's playing with a deck of cards yep. and, and then, all that and stuff. And then towards the end, it's everywhere, man. Oh, yeah. Um, but Bond is playing poker with Dimitri. A beautiful, the, the beautiful woman from the beach shows up and Dimitri immediately dismisses her. Man, 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 get out of my way. They have mm-hmm. a little back and forth and Dimitri bets his car to bond on everything on the table, including his car keys and, and loses. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, Dimitri immediately leaves in anger and bond saunters off to, to talk to the beautiful woman. 
a.k.a. Dimitri's wife, and offers her a ride home. She's like, no, I don't think Dimitri would really like that. Um, Don't think Dimitri would really like that. And she kind of goes off. (laughs) She goes, Mm -hmm. she goes off, waits out front for the valet to bring around the car. The valet brings around the DB5 and Bond is the one who hops in the driver's seat because he's now the newly proud owner of the DB5. They have a fun little back and forth where she finally gives in to take, you know, going back to his place for a drink. And he's like, it's not far. And they literally just drive at top speed around in the circle, pull back up to the valet and hop back out into the ocean club. Thought it was yes. hilarious. Yes, it was great. Um, <laughs> I, and I can't remember what he says. He pulls back up and he's like, oh, we're here or something. And she just starts laughing. And I love that because you hear the valet goes, welcome back, sir. <laughs> welcome back, sir. And I, just, I lost it. I'm like, I don't know why that's so funny. But the fact that the valet is like... Yep, we know what he's up to. What are you going to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, Dimitri is meeting meeting with Lashif while Bond is making whoopee with his wife. Mm-hmm. Lashif gives gives Dimitri the opportunity to make up for the 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 screw up and whatnot. And hey, listen, you we've got a we've got this situation going on. You need to go to Miami. Um, so Dimitri calls his wife and says he's headed to Miami tonight. He won't be he won't be back while Bond's in the room and they're making they're making pre whoopee time. She gives that information to Bond. And of course, Bond was using her to get to Dimitri. So that's all the information he needed. So he ditches her with class by ordering champagne and caviar. And when the uh, when room service asks, you know, one glass or two, and he goes, no, for one <laughs> and hangs up the phone and we watch. And then we cut to him tailing Dimitri's mm-hmm. cab to the airport. Yes, I thought that was uh, really cool. Uh, he's just like he was being all like, "Oh yeah, send some champagne." Like, what? Oh, no, just for one, just for one. I'm like gone. his voice and all changed. Like, nah, nah. Um, Dimit- we see Dimitri put a bag, uh, a bag t- check in a bag, and put a bag ticket on a poker display of um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's in my trivia time, but the human bodies. It's on display at the Miami airport. There's like, uh, uh, okay. like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you watch the movie, you know what it is. Uh, and Dimitri immediately IDs, you know, spots Bond and pulls a knife on him. And we have mm-hmm. the most subtle knife fight ever where they're just changing hands real quick and they're tensely, tension pulling it to and from each other. And then Bond finally gets the upper hand and wins, stabbing Dimitri and dropping into him and ch- dropping him into a chair. And nobody is, is none the wiser in this area. My notes clearly state. Assassin's Creed style. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I mean, indeed. it definitely was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bond then looks for the ticket on the on the poker table display, and the ticket's gone. But Bond does manage to track the man that took the bag throughout the airport, and then loses him while the guy is standing at a sunglasses sand and spots Bond in the mirror behind him. I do love this airport scene because Bond's not Bond yet, because exactly. both. Both Dimitri and this guy both spot Bond. You know, mm-hmm. He gets spotted both times, so he's not as stealthy as he as he should be. Yeah, he did not he did not ace that course in 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 spy school. <laughs> he was like a see the thing about Bond is Bond's like a C student. You know, he's not top of his class or anything. He's a C student. 
but he's great at improvising. So it kind of it kind of changes it up, you know. It's like having a doctor, you know. They they say like you know when you're going to college, D's get degrees. Doesn't matter what grade you make. Doesn't matter if you were top of your class or not. If you get a D in 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 d- doctor school, <laughs> you you're still gonna be a doctor. <laughs> so you could in, in, you could be you could get D's in in in, in um, medical school, and that was the word I was looking for, by the way, not doctor school. You can get a D all the way through medical school and still end up being one of the best doctors in the world. Doesn't matter what you did in class. That's Bond. That's Bond. He's the D. He's the D student doctor of the spy world. <laughs> um, but anyway, once Bond loses him, uh, we cut to the bad guy changing into a guard outfit and sneaking into a an, into a room. Um, Bond gets Bond gets the room and he can't figure out the code. And he's like, "Oh crap! It's probably ellipsis." He calls MI six to kind of head them off on, give them a heads up on what's going on. There's a bomb going off up at the Miami airport, blah, 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 blah. And I, I love this because <clears throat> Bond makes, like once Bond realizes he goes into that, that locked room, um, Bond goes, get in. He can't get in. He calls them. And he's like, look, need help. And then the guy's like, what do you want? No, she's busy. She's sleep, whatever. It doesn't matter. And he's like, because I think there's a bomb going to blow up in the, the, the whole airport. Yeah. And then he's like, Hold on, let me get her. Uh, it's like, yeah, I thought so. Okay, never and mind. And then as soon as she picks up the phone, he realizes the password is probably ellipsis. And that's where he's like, hold on, I'll call you back. And he just yeah, hangs up just on hangs her up. as soon as she picks up. Um, um, so I like it because you, you're starting to see a bond starting to put two and two together. He's starting mm-hmm. to learn more. He's starting to figure things out. Uh, once the 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 henchman is in the, in the air, he sets off sprinklers as a distraction, causing panic to occur. And we find out that it seems he is he is intending to set off a bomb to blow up a new aircraft being unveiled, which is the competing company that Lashif invested his money against. So obviously we mm-hmm. see we see how things are tying together here. Uh, the bad guy then sets an explosive on a taker tanker truck and steals it, suicide suicide bomber style. Bond jumps onto the tanker at the last second. And there's a very, very long chase scene with a lot of action back and forth. Don't yeah, want to get into it, was, it, it very good. much. It was good, but it was long. It was it was it, long. It was, yeah. I, I mean, throughout this whole thing, I mean, there are these good action scenes that do drag out just a tiny bit. But I think there's enough going on to keep your attention the whole time, which is which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I know there was a couple things in there that I thought were they could have cut out. Like I know there was uh, they were being chased by the police at one point, and then we don't have you know, to get the, into it, man. There, yeah, there were things no. that they could have cut out. It's just it was a long chase scene that was really really cool, um, but it was mm-hmm. long. Um, um, I more more so like the fact of when Bond gets into the truck towards the end of the chase. Yes, where he when removes, they're fighting, you know, like yeah. punching back and forth and fighting in the truck. That's yes. kind of what I was Bond gets tossed more. off the back of the truck and grabs the explosive that was clipped underneath the truck. Um, and as they're fighting inside the inside the truck, the bad guy jumps out as the tanker's going towards the plane and Bond clips the explosive to his belt as he jumps out. Uh, Bond's driving along. He stops the tanker at the last second before it goes into the goes into the airplane and is immediately arrested. Yes, but watches from the hood of the police car like a badass as the bomber pulls out his phone, 
triggers the explosive, hears the increasing beeping sound, looks to see the explosive on his belt. Yes. And then we cut back to Bond making the most, most badass face as all we see is the reflection of the, the explosive going off on Bond's face. We mm-hmm. don't see the guy blow up. We just see the, the reflection of it blowing up on Bond's face, uh, the light from it. And then Bond just makes this look like motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and what I loved about that scene is you don't know that Bond put the bomb on the guy until that point. Until that moment. Because yes. when they're fighting, Bond gets like pushed out the passenger's door. He sees it, he grabs it. They're fighting more, and the driver jumps out. And as far as we know, Bond still has the bomb. He stops and all that stuff. And it's not until like he's getting pulled out of the truck. We're like, okay, well, he stopped the truck, but the bomb's still there by the plane. And then when the guy realizes his clip to his belt, like that was priceless. I'm like, yeah. okay, well done with the way it was they, a great way they of doing put it. that. Um, from here, cut to Lashif and Mr. White having a little ch- chat about his investment going south since the plane didn't explode. Very brief sequence, but now we see that Lashif's desperate. All of that warlord's money that he invested is mm-hmm. gone. It's gone now. So he's got to he's got to do something else. Um, cut to Bond arriving. And meeting M at Dimitri's house, where his lady friend, Dimitri's wife, is found dead in a hammock. Um, M then proceeds to give Bond a crash course on Lashif and the investment theory that they Mm -hmm. have about him being the bad guy. And then proceeds to low jack Bond's arm by implanting a tracking chip in him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) After all the events earlier, you might as well, right? Uh, Bond is then ordered to go to Casino Royale and beat Lashif in a poker game to give him no way to pay back his clients and bring mm-hmm. him bring him into custody in exchange for information. And this is where we get into the bulk of the movie, which is the casino stuff. Uh, we cut to Montenegro on a train where Mon- Bond meets for the first time Vesper Lynn. And makes a bitchin' money penny reference. Yes, yes, I put that in my my comments because I I caught that and I was like, yes, yes, bitch. No like money she, penny yet, but still. Yeah, she was she was the one one one. I can't remember if he was like, or, you know, you're the one with the money, and she's like every penny of it, or if it's the other way around. Oh yeah, remember. yeah. She sits down and says, "I'm the money." And yeah, Bond he goes every penny of every it. penny of it. Yeah, <laughs> phenomenal line, phenomenal line. Um, they proceed to go f- go over the logistics of the money fronted to Bond um, for the poker game and flirt a little bit, which is fun. And I love how it's a competition of them just reading each other. Yes, like like mm-hmm. her reading Ves- or him reading Vesper Vesper, and then and, and then her reading him like orphan. You know, you wear the suit, but you you're not really comfortable in it, which means you didn't come for money. Blah 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 blah. I love that little back and forth. Uh, I love that little miniature dick measuring contest they have. Uh, <laughs> then we cut to them uh, getting their cover story straight as they ride to the hotel. Bond immediately checks immediately checks in when getting to the hotel and blows his cover story instantly. Yes, after they go through the whole car ride, yeah. of going over the cover story, blows it instantly. Like it's, it's under this name, but the name's really Bond, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and gets a package with keys to the new car. Vesper is unamused with his blowing of the cover story so quick, and his theory is, "Hey, listen." If Lashif's disconnected, he already knows who I am. So exactly, what's the point? Yeah, um, I forget the, what he he supposedly got out of it, but it was some type of tell or something. I can't remember. Yeah. But. Um, 
But Bond gets then gets a package delivered to him with the keys to his new car. Yet a new, another beautiful Aston Martin. The DB9, I believe, if I remember seven. correctly. DB7, not the 9. The 9's in one of the later movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one was a 7, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the DB7, another beautiful Aston Martin. And retrieves his gun from the glove box. And we see that there is a... Um, uh, what's the name of it? Not EKG. It's a uh, it's a it's a shocky paddle thing to restart somebody's heart. I forget the name of it though. In the glove box as well. Yeah, a little miniature version. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Bond driving to meet Mathis, his contact in Montenegro. They discuss Lashif and have one of Lashif, while they're having lunch, they have one of Lashif's contacts arrested, which was the police chief, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, the police chief. Uh, we then cut back to back at the hotel where Vesper and Bond quibble over clothing that they're wearing for this event, and Bond quote unquote suits up in a suit I, that Ves- a jacket that Vesper had picked out for him. I love that he brings the jacket in and he's like, "I already have a dinner jacket," and she's like, "Yo, there are dinner jackets and there are dinner jackets." Yes. This is a dinner jacket. Then he puts it on, and she was like, "I sized you up immediately. I absolutely yeah. knew your size." <laughs> I, I loved, I love that because I mean, it takes the the little bickering back and forth, the competition from the train, and just carries on with it. Because like Bond walks in, he's like, "Here's your dress," and she's like, "Is that something you'd like me to wear?" He's like, "Yes, I need you to look your best, so all eyes are on you and not yeah. on their cards." I need you to. And wa- then he walks. To, he gives you direction, directions too. I need you to walk in from behind me so that they're looking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like he walks in his room and sees the. His the same thing. He's like, "What is this?" She's like, "It's your outfit." Like, no, no, I got a jacket. He's like, "No, there's a jacket and there's a jacket." And he's just like, "How did?" And you can tell he's like stumbled too. He's, he's like, "Ah!" Like, oh. And he just walks out. But he's like, "Man, I look good in this tux." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I love that scene. I love the bickering back and forth. And you can tell she knows too. Like when she walks by and kind of sees him, be like, "Yeah, I look good. I like this. All right, cool." She just kind of has a smile, like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Um. So, and I think when it might be in the next scene, but like, I like how he gives her the instructions that she just doesn't follow. Yep. Um, so Bond suits up and heads down to the game, meets with Lashif for a moment. And Lashif makes a reference of the two different names, you know, Mr. Bond or Mr. Anderson or whatever his name was, the, the fake name was. Um, they then begin to play poker. Bond attempts to oh, read beach. Mr. Beach, yeah. Yeah, his name was Mr. Beach. He's like, is it Beach or is it Pond? I'm so confused. Yeah. He's like, well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want we wouldn't that. And he walks away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they begin to play the game and Bond attempts to read Lashif. A Vesper, a, a Vesper arrives all sexed up, but from the wrong direction intentionally. I love that she did it <laughs> yes. intentionally. Vesper then heads to the bar with Mathis. Um, to the annoyance of Lashif, Bond and the other players proceed to order drinks. And I love that yes. Bond does not order the martini shaken, not stirred, because he's not Bond. He's not Bond yet. There's no martini shaken, not stirred. He orders a completely different drink, which he names later on in the movie. Um, Bond excuses himself to meet with now, Mathis and kiss Vesper at the bar, kind of sharing theories back and forth. I think I know his you know, tell, his tell is, uh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Uh, and takes the tracker from Mathis. The game then takes a break, and Bond uses this opportunity put the, to put the tracker in Lashif's inhaler. And I love Lashif, bad guy of the film. First time we've seen a bad guy that's not like he's got a breathing problem. He's not a 
he's a nerd. Like he's not a a a big buff dude. He's an accountant, is what he is. Yes. You know, he's a, he's a bad guy, but he's an accountant, an accountant, which yeah. I, I love. I love it. Um, then we see Lashif heading back to his room where he is attacked immediately by the the angry African warlord. Uh, Bond and Vesper then recover his gun and head to the fourth floor where Lashif is because they're tracking him. Bond, mm-hmm. while they're on the floor, fourth floor, Bond hears the commotion from Lashif's room and Bond and Vesper make out his cover in the stairwell as the warlord leaves. Meanwhile, in the room, in the room, the warlord is like, listen, dude, I need my fucking money. Like you lost my money in my country. We, we would take your arm from the arm for this, but we, you need that to play cards to win my money mm-hmm. back. So I'll take it from your lady friend who was in the room with him. The chief doesn't bleak an eye. He's like, listen, do what you need to with her. And the warlord's yeah. like, man, that's cool. He doesn't cut her mm-hmm. arm off, but he's like, look, that's, even for me, that's cold yeah. to let her take the fall for it, right? Uh, <clears throat> so the warlord leaves the room, and they instantly spot the earpiece in Bond's ear. And the it was a, it was a very quick fight, but it was very impactful. The staircase fight breaks out, where they're throwing each other off the ledges. And I love during this whole fight, Vesper's running down the stairs, and they're just kind of like mm-hmm. falling in front of her and behind her, and because they're just all banging and, around and then the thing is is like you had the actual warlord and then you had i guess like his another just a henchman, henchman yeah. Yeah. um which the henchman is taken out at the very beginning because as soon as he comes through the door which is he's the first one bond just throws him over the rail and he yeah falls he's done he's at the, the bottom rail. yeah um but bond and the warlord are the ones going back and forth throwing each other doing flips over the steps because i think bond ends up losing his gun pretty early on mm-hmm. in this this scene and the warlord still has his machete. So, like, they're doing all kinds of fights all the way down. And it's not to, like, the very bottom that, you know, there's more kind of um, grappling until, and, yep. and um, the, you know, Bond can actually get the upper hand. And this is the most important part because Bond gets the upper hand at the bottom and strangles the warlord to death as Vesper watches and actually has to help Bond because the warlord gets his gun. And Vesper has to knock the gun out of the warlord's hand. And mm-hmm. watches the life leave this man's eyes. She is visibly, visibly shaken by this by this situation, and Bond sends her to find Mathis to find Mathis to dispose of the bodies, as he takes care of everything down here. And it seems like he's like, "I've got this under control. We're good." Bond goes to get cleaned goes to get cleaned up, changes his shirt, washes the blood off his hands and everything, takes a drink, and he just stares at himself in the mirror. And you can see that he's not at that point yet where killing people doesn't bother him yeah he's still you trying know? to use it because this is only technically what third fourth uh, th- that they've shown like fourth yeah kill. yeah he's visibly shake he's still visibly shaken but, yeah. by this but it's also i think one of the first actual like hand-to-hand type kills because yeah. in the beginning there was that rule of rough scene at the, the bathroom but in the end he ended up shooting the guy anyway yeah um back at the poker game lashif noticed bond changed his shirt um <clears throat> Bond then, uh, they, we're, at the ho- we're at the poker game for all of about 10 seconds, just long enough for them to, to see each other again. And Bond returns to the hotel on the next break and finds Vesper crying in the shower, fully clothed, um, visibly shaken by, by the events of the evening. Bond then sits down next to her and holds her to comfort her. 
and you know clean off her hands with his mouth which was rather weird but but whatever it works um and i love the thing where he was like you know are you cold and she just shakes her head yes and like without yeah. moving he just reaches up and kind of kind of cuts cranks the, the, hot, crank, water cranks the yeah. hot water on um that scene was incredibly well well done because that's that's her being very shaken with what with what happened but him understanding that because he's still not cold hearted himself yeah. you know which which is interesting the next morning bond meets with masses mathis as mathis shows off how he disposed of the bodies with some poor poor driver of lashif getting arrested because there's bodies in his trunk <laughs> this man had nothing to do with anything this that went on and doesn't like Mathis have a little remote that pops the trunk yes. of the, the car? Yeah. <laughs> um, we then we then I, I enjoy Mathis. In this. Oh yeah, I really do. yeah. Um, we then cut back to the game, uh, where Mathis calls out Lashif's tell mm-hmm. um, to 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 Vesper as they're talking, watching the game go down, and then and then Lashif and Bond go head to head. They go all mm-hmm. in. Bond thinks he's got him because he knows the tell, but the chief wins and Bond is completely confused. He's totally out of money. He's out of the game. He's like, what the hell? What happened? Like, I I knew the tell and it wasn't like, what, what's the deal? So Bond goes and requests some more money from Vesper to buy back in. And she's like, look, look, no, like there's extra money that I can give you, but no, because this isn't like, this is now your ego talking this isn't you're not playing smart this is now your ego um so bond gets pissed and leaves goes down to the bar and orders himself a martini and the bartender asks shaken or stirred and bond resides responds with does it look like i give a damn Mm-hmm. <laughs> well and, and like i'd have to go back and rewatch it but i'm pretty sure the drink he orders at the the table was a martini but it was like he gave like, it was a very this, special order it was yeah, not a, he gave, it was like, not a it was not, not the bond normal. martini yeah but what i loved about it because he's like a little bit of this a little bit of that with a little slice of this and that and I, like i loved how that scene everyone's just like you know what i'll have one of those too yeah me too me too i'll take good. one too yeah um, but the, this time it's like, do I really care? Just give me a damn drink. <laughs> uh, Bond sees, sees Lashif across the way, grabs a butter knife and follows him. Bond's pissed. So we see Bond's like, listen, I'm out of the game, but look, look, this man, this, and this is where the blunt instrument part comes in where he's like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. We tried it stealthily. We tried it M's way. Yep. Now we're doing it Bond's way where I'm just going to stab this guy in the fucking neck and call it game over, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Bond follows him with a knife and is stopped and pulled aside by his friend from Langley. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Good old Agent Gurley Glasses himself, Felix Leiter. This time played by a wonderful actor who I cannot remember his name, but he he does a great job of playing like cops and agents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was a good Felix throughout the rest of yes, his movies, too. phenomenal actor. And we see him come back in some of the later um, Daniel Craig ones as well. Mm-hmm. Where, where Felix is like, listen, listen, man. I'm, I'm bleeding chips. I'm going to be out of the game soon. So you're a better player than me. you got a much better chance at this. So I'll front you the money on the condition that the CIA brings him in. And Bond's like, cool, whatever. 
Got it. Completely yeah. blows. Does not clear any of this with MI6. MI6 wants him. Well, and Bond's like, no, nah, cool. Take him. It's fine. I just want to play poker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's true. Well, and I think the whole point was is that MI6, like M and all them, wanted the rest of the organization. Yes. Was the biggest thing. So yeah. he, they didn't really care too much about Le Chief. No. They wanted the rest of the organization that he was tied into. And all they the knew. He had. Yeah. Well, and then they pretty much knew that once he lost all those money, people were going to come out of the woodworks and they could then track him via that. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that was kind of like the other part of it. It's like, look, you get him out of the game, he's going to have nowhere else to turn, but everyone's going to come after him. So we can see who's coming after him and then we know yep. who he's connected with. Back at the game, Lashif is. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, okay. Yeah, you, yes, pretty much. Yes. Felix is like, Sorry. look, I'll buy you back in. Yes, back at the game, Lashif is shaken that Bond is back. Lashif's girlfriend then proceeds to poison Bond's drink from the bar. Bond takes a sip and 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 notice this and is like, oh shit, and he he, he leaves the table, grabs some salt and some water to drink and force himself to vomit and stumbles mm. out to his car. Almost getting hit too. Yeah. Almost, almost getting hit, sweating, shaking shirt undone. Um, and, and sends his vitals to MI6, you know, pulls out the, 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 the shocky paddle things, you know, yeah, the whole kid p- in his puts car. the, the, the needle in his arm and everything to register all of his, all of his vitals and they give him orders to connect defibrillator that's it that's the name of the that's the name of it it's the defibrillator <laughs> um they give him orders to connect the defibrillator and uh and take the compy pin into the neck bond follows these orders they don't they only have time for one shock so they don't want it they want it to let it get fully charged and everything before they shop shock him and they give him orders to shock it shock himself at the last minute Bond's defib won't work. He's pressing the button. He's pressing the button. And then he looks down and sees that one of the contacts is not connected properly as he passes out and his heart flatlines. Mm-hmm. Brief moment later, we see Vesper arriving and rescues him at the last second, reconnecting his defibrillator, pressing the button, bringing him back, th- back to life. And I love that when he comes back to life, he looks at her and goes, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> And then on the other line on uh, MI6 is like, all right, you're good. You seem to be stable. Get to a hospital immediately. And he's like, absolutely. <laughs> Closes the door and goes back and goes back and goes back into the hotel. Yeah. So I got a game to play. And even <laughs> um, even Vesper's like, where, where are you going? He's like, I got a game to get back to. Yep. Bond arrives um, back at the game as Felix is being knocked out. Um, and and fun little quip between uh, Lashif and Bond. Bond arrives. And Lashif's shocked to see him there, and Bond goes, "That last round nearly killed me." Uh-huh. <laughs> it's another one of those cheeky moments I was referring to earlier. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it still doesn't count as like a, the funny one-liner because I mean, it really it it was, but it wasn't. It was kind of like Bond's quick way of saying, uh, "Yep, you tried to poison me, but I'm still here." Mm-hmm. But I, I would I don't even know if I'd put it in the same category as some of the other like comical one liners throughout the other Bond movies. It's a very different type. It's a far more serious. It like yeah. it's funny, but it's not overtly funny. It's not Yeah. Yeah. It's very subtle. Um so <clears throat> Bond arrives, Felix is knocked out of the game, and the final round begins with Bond, a big black man, an Asian dude, and Lashif all taking turns making bets, and they go all 
everyone goes all in with a total of $40,500,000. I made a special note of writing that down because that's a fuckload of money. Yes. <laughs> um, and Bond wins with a straight flush. Lashif leaves the table immediately, visibly shaken by what has occurred. Bond tells tells Felix, hey, he's all yours. Go bring him in. And then he and Vesper sit down to have a nice dinner together where Bond proceeds to identify Vesper's necklace as a, as a love knot. Joe's mm-hmm. must've been given to her by someone who, who, who she really cared for. They go back and forth for a moment. And this is where we see some flirty flirty where, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of falling for each other. And she gets a text from Mathis and leaves. Bond then proceeds to sit there for a moment and starts putting two and two together and figures Mathis is the mole for Lashif, where Lashif, or Mathis was the one that told Lashif the, the tell and everything. And Mathis yep. has been actually working for Lashif the whole time. He then proceeds to run after Vester, Vesper as he sees her shoved into the back of a car that races off. Bond immediately jumps in the Aston and we have the shortest car chase scene in Bond history that lasts of all of about 15 seconds on screen. If that. If that. Where he's chasing her, he's chasing her, he's chasing her. He cuts around a corner and sees her tied up in the middle of the road, a la cowboy tying up your loved on train track style. <laughs> and turns at the last minute and flips the Aston Martin several times, crashing, crashing the vehicle um, to avoid her. And he's knocked out and taken. Yeah, uh, and I think at this point, Lashif even makes the comment to Bond because Bond wakes up for a brief moment for passing yeah. back out, and Lashif's like, "So your friend Mathis was is actually, actually my, my friend, friend Mathis. Mathis. Yep. Yes, yep. Uh, they remove his tracker from his arm as well. Yes, um, meaning Mathis that would have known he knew about it. Yeah, that it was there. Well, that, and that's well. Then the funny thing is, I don't know if Mathis necessarily would have known it was there. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, then they are taken, uh, Bond and, and Vesper are taken to a discreet location, and Bond is stripped naked and set in a chair with no bottom. And this is where, if you'd never seen this movie before, you're like, oh, shit, this this mm-hmm. getting this getting weird. This getting real weird. There's some weird basement sexy time going on, because we, <laughs> we haven't had sexy time in this movie before, and there's never been bondage in any Bond movies. So maybe that's where we're going? I don't know. Let's yeah. find out. It's a very interesting scene, but I, I I have to say it's a well done scene that really fits the story and the early Bond character. Uh, I think really well. It's um, a it's a scene. It is the scene of the movie. If there is one yeah. scene that you remember about this movie, it is this scene. Um, mm-hmm. Where Bond is being tortured by Lashif using a rope, the simplest method, a rope and a knot, swinging it underneath the chair, clocking him in his testes. Mm. Um, horrible. Like when you think about it, it's horrible. Whether you're a man or a woman, this would be stupid painful. Either way, it would be stupid painful. Um horrible scene but i love the 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 back and forth where where lashif and mads mickelson does a perfect job in this in this scene where you can see he's sweaty he's shaken because mm-hmm. he's trying to get this information out of bond 
because his life's at, at, at stake here too, because he lost, he lost his, 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 his contracts money, you know, mm-hmm. um, or his contacts money. Uh, so he's trying to get this information out of bond and, but you see, he's visibly shaken as well. And Bond's making quips back and forth, which I love, which is the, you're not going to break yeah. it. You know, he, he gets clocked in the nuts and he goes from the, you know, the, the writhing in pain to hysteric laughter where he's like, little to the left, little to the left, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like, I got an itch. Yes. No, no yeah. to the left. I've got, yeah. <laughs> but he does it he like through this torture, you know? And then um, the, the final thing he says is he was like, <laughs> He's, he starts laughing. He's like, he, or she's like, what are you laughing? He's like, everyone's going to know. He's he's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, everyone's going to know you died scratching my balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I think this is the point where, you know, Lashif's like, I died. And Bond's like, yeah. He's like, because you lost all their money. These people are going to come after you. You got nothing. And then what happens? Yep. Who walks into the room? <clears throat> yeah, not before Lashif Lashif knocks Bond out of the chair or, or down and says, "I'm I'm, I'm going to take what you obviously seem to value the most, as as in, oh yeah, castrate yeah. him, you know, cut his genitalia off." Right before that happens, a man comes in the room, uh, or we hear we hear a gunshot, and both of them look towards the door. And a client of Lashif comes into the room and you hear Lashif immediately going, Yaka, I'll make it right. You know, I'll get the money back, blah, 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 blah. And then the man just straight up kills Lashif. It was Mr. White, wasn't it? It was Mr. White. Yes, it was Mr. White. Yeah, okay. Straight up kills Lashif. And I'm like, fuck, yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. right on. Um, And we're not done yet. We've still got about another 20 minutes. Not more. (laughs) If anything, the, I would say this is like the halfway point. Yeah, we got like another 20 minutes and the bad guy's dead already. Um, Bond wakes up in a hospital and sees Vesper and Mathis in his like fog waking up. And he's like, oh, no. And then we cut to Bond and Mathis having a chat at the hospital in the courtyard area where Mathis makes him a drink. You know, puts a little something mm-hmm. something in the beverage. And Bond's, of course, not drinking it. Bond has already reported Mathis and agents arrive and take Mathis into custody. A little while later, Vesper comes to check on Bond and expresses her love to him and he reciprocates it. Then the good old Swiss banker, which I didn't even mention from the beginning of the poker game. This dude is this Mm -hmm. dude. I'm so happy he's in the movie because he is the only level of happiness in this entire movie <laughs> it's very true he's the only happy person in this whole movie everyone's miserable <laughs> in this movie except for this one swiss banker and i love him so much he's my new favorite character in all of the bond the bond universe my new favorite character um but he uh, arrives to share bond's winnings with them um, Bond expresses his love for Vesper and the password that Bond had set up. Vesper's like, or he's like, put it in for me, Vesper. And she's like, I don't know that. We split the information. I know the account number. You know the password. That's the deal. And he's like, no, you know it. And then spells it out for her. And it was her name is the password. V-E-S-P-Y-R. Or V-E-S-P-E-R, excuse me. 
Okay, that makes more sense because I, I kept pausing that scene to figure out what he was spelling, and that's not what I wrote down. So I'm like, I don't know this password. I was like, I know it has some significance. Yeah. But I could I kept mishearing what he was saying letter wise. Yeah. It was so her was name, V E S P E R. Okay, that makes so much more sense yeah. then. Like um, looking back at my notes, I'm like, okay, I was off by like two letters. I'm okay. Then we cut to them making sexy time at the hospital after Bond seems to have recovered. And they cut to them on the beach. We have a little montage here of them, mm. you know, falling in love and, and and just their relationship blossoming and blooming into this wonderful thing. Um, on the beach, they have a brief talk about Mathis and, 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 and what happened. Uh, Bond offers to give up being a double O for life for a real life with Vesper. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to them sailing as Bond tenures his resignation to MI6 and sends it to M. Uh, via email. They then proceed to sail through Venice where Vester, Vesper spots a one-eyed man, a man with uh, eye patch glasses, which was very weird, but whatever, um, that she seems to know. We cut to, after sexy time, Vesper heads to the bank while Bond goes to get supplies for their next voyage around the world. Vesper's, Vesper's phone gets a message as Bond gets a call from M. And was like, yo, you going to deposit these winnings? Um, like, mm-hmm. all this money should have been, I got, listen, I've got like the head banker for for the British government going, where's our money? And I told him you would, you had it. And what's the deal, Bond? What's the deal? Bond's like, yeah. Vesper should have already done that. Yeah, so, but the... The best part is like he he thinks it and he knows it, but he doesn't say it. You know, like when M gets like calls, and granted, this is like you know she's already left, headed to the bank, and Bond's like in the happiest. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have the real life, the spy world that I just started is behind me. And, you know, I send in my letter of resignation to M. I'm out, and you know M's calls like, "Hi M, hey, what's going on?" <laughs> you know, and she's like, "You know, I got your letter. We'll talk about that when you get back. Yeah, we'll um, talk about that. Where's my money?" <laughs> And you know we uh, we were wondering where all of our money was. He's like, oh. and you can tell like this yeah. is now Bond's had to look on his face. He's like, what do you mean the money's not there? But he's like, well, I didn't think you'd miss it. Like yeah. he plays along. He's like, well, I didn't think you'd miss it. Yeah. He's like, like, no, no, we we do want it back. He's like, oh yeah, well I'll, I'll make sure you get it. Like, then. Let me call She's you like, back. oh, so you'll you'll take care of it. He's like, yeah, I'm heading to the bank right now. And then he hangs up, and he and that's when you see Bond's like, son, I've been played. Yep. I've got to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Bond then calls the, the, my favorite character in the whole movie, the Swiss banker, who's, who's like, mm-hmm. who's like, yeah, Mr. Bond, the, uh, the funds were put in a different account and is being withdrawn right now from the Venice branch, mm-hmm. you know? And oh. Bond's like, fucking Vesper, God damn it. Yeah. Bond then proceeds to check the phone and Vesper got a message from a man named Gettler that said meet in 30 minutes. Oh, Vesper. Why must you betray Mr. Bond? Why? Why? Because I guess without Vesper betraying him, he wouldn't be the wouldn't be the misogynist Bond that we all know and love, right? It's true, very true. <laughs> so Bond makes a run for the bank. She isn't there. Bond spots her and begins to follow her to a meeting with Gettler, who spots Bond, who spots Bond almost instantly, and takes Vesper hostage. Bond begins a chase scene where we have one last firefight throughout beautiful Venetian buildings. Um, Bond Bond shoots some of the building floats and the building begins to sink. 
all over the place. Now, what I, I really like this this different scenes um, because you know Bond. Right when this scene first starts, Bond kind of you can tell he's getting into the the stealthiness a little bit more um, because he's following um, Vesper th- to all of this, and the um, the cool thing is is like when he gets. I guess to the meeting place where uh, you have Vesper and all is uh, talking to, I assume Gettler is what I refer to this guy as. Um, yeah, there's Gettler's another guy. Man. Yeah. There were, there was other guys there kind of like keeping watch and like, you see how bond sneaking in behind them. Like he, like he, you can kind of see the, the stealth a little bit more here mm-hmm. in these scenes. Like you, you're, you're starting to see where he's learning a little bit. Oh yeah, the whole scene of like the there's there's that one guard and Bond was basically like, you saw him like 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 beast mode walking up, and then the next scene was the guard going like, what was that? And as he looks away, Bond's just like, just kind of casually walking by. Behind yeah, walks him. behind him. Yeah, but then he yeah. ends up coming around the corner and taking him out. Yeah, and you're just straight up like, oh hey, here I am. Um, but. That doesn't last long because then you said they get into this big firefight. Yeah, they get into this huge firefight back and forth, and it, it goes on for a little while. And it's all while this building is is sinking, which is a really really cool scene to see um, in Venice because the whole city is like floating buildings. Oh, yeah. Pretty know? much, yeah. Used to not be back in ancient times, but it constantly it's it's it'll be underwater eventually. Mm-hmm. Um. But really, really cool scene where they're fighting back and forth, and you got you got you got one dude running up with a with a nail gun, shooting Bond. Bond gets hit with a nail gun, and makes the most badass move ever, where he just grabs it and rips the nail gun out of his back, or the the nail out of his the back. The nail, yeah. Which is just fucking awesome. Um, Vesper, meanwhile, is trapped in an elevator, and the money gets tossed in the water at some point as the building begins to sink. Bond then takes out Gettler with a nail gun to the eyeball, to his already bad eyeball, killing him instantly. And he falls into the ground, falls to the ground. Um, Bond attempts to rescue Vesper and she apologizes to Bond and locks herself in as the elevator falls into the water. Bond immediately jumps in after her. And this whole movie is 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 made up of of these intense moments. We have the we have the opening scene, you know, with the black and white and the the the, the crazy bathroom fight. We have the the ball scene, you know, the, the the torture scene, which is super intense. And we have this scene, which I arguably think is the most intense of, of, of I think yeah of all of them. It's, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. It is very, very intense. Bond jumps in after her, and they share one last moment where Bond's trying to rescue, you know, break the locks and rescue her, and she grabs his hands and just looks at him, just like to kind of calm him. Be like, "Listen, it's okay. You like, like I'm sorry, but this is how it has to be." They share. They share one last moment as she pushes herself away, and intentionally inhales water. And you just, they just linger on her just, just drowning. And it's just, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. It's, it's a hard scene. It's, it's hard really to hard watch. Scene. And you cut back to Bond for a moment. And he's freaking out and just yelling into the water as bubbles, you know, go out. 
mm-hmm. from his yell. Trying to get this door open to yeah, get to her. Yeah, um, He finally breaks through and, and gets to her body and surfaces, attempting to revive her. But she's dead. And, and the look on Bond's face is of, of anger and hurt and pain and love and just everything all at the same time. Um, just all of these emotions going through at him at the same time where he's, he's, he's mad about what happened, but he's, he loves and he feels lost. And, and it's just it's crazy amount of emotions. Um, mm-hmm. And then we see Mr. White watching from another balcony as he leaves with the briefcase of money. Cut to Bond talking on the phone with M, who is giving him a breakdown. Uh, who is who? Who is giving him a breakdown on Vesper's history and what really, really happened? You know why she had to do this and her her previous yeah. love and you know all this stuff. And we get the sense of a Bond that no longer trusts anyone. You know, mm-hmm. um, so much, and he. It, it's even to the point where where. You know, uh, M says something. Well, well, at least uh, you know, at, at least this clear, you know, clears Mathis now. Clears Mathis. Yeah, and, Bond's, and, like, and no. Bond's like, no, just because Vesper was bad doesn't mean Mathis isn't either. You know, well, just, like no. he he even makes the reference. He's like, this doesn't clear Mathis. This only proves that Vesper was guilty. Yeah, like that. That was his words. It's yeah. like. No, just because she's guilty doesn't, you know, like you said, it doesn't mean that he's innocent. Yeah, but it's it's We're such a great that. moment of you can see that he's yeah. he he now sees things mm-hmm. differently. He's he's and, and, he's and become yeah he's become changed. M even references him being now yeah. knowing you, you can't really trust anybody. Well, and she's um, like, you don't trust anyone, do you? And he's like, no. He's and she goes, well, then you learned your lesson. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I love this this scene too because like all of his responses are so short and to the point, where it's like mm-hmm. obviously like listen, I'm mad, I learned something, I don't trust anyone, but I also don't want to fucking talk about it. You know? It's, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, well, if you need some time, he's like, why do I need some time? She's dead. You know, the job's done. Yeah. What's yeah. next? Exactly. And it's 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 interesting to see. Um, it's it's a good portrayal of how how people mm-hmm. deal with stuff in real life. And the funny thing is, is I know M talks about her background a little bit, but you know, she talks about how she probably either made some deal or something to spare his life, like Bond's life, yeah. meaning that you know she really did care for. Him. She did care at some point, and I think that turns the, the gears a little bit because Bond, yeah. I think, then ends up looking through I don't remember if it was his phone or her phone, but one of the phones, and sees the message that was supposed to go to him with uh mr white's information information. yep she goes Mm -hmm. bond goes through her effects and finds that message that she left him um for mr white then we cut to a coastal villa as mr white arrives and looks out over the water he gets a call he gets a call and the man on the other line goes is this mr white and he goes yes who's this and gets shot in the knee immediately falling yes. to the ground crawling up the stairs and bond walks up for the first time in this movie wearing a three-piece suit which is a traditional bond that the, the original bond look from dr no was the three-piece suit so we see him for the first time wearing this three-piece suit and he what? walks up and he says the name's bond james bond and we cut to credits 
Yes, it was. It was great. Next movie, Quantum of Solace. The end. God, I the love end. this movie. Yes, the next movie is Quantum of Solace, but God, I love this movie. Now, I, I did not love Quantum of Solace as much as uh, nearly as much in my memory. So we'll see when we get to that one. But this movie, fucking awesome. We we agreed going into this movie. This was one of our favorites. Awesome, awesome movie. Um, great story. Obviously, times have gotten better. So cinematic. Um, camera special effects all this stuff was increased so i mean that helps make the movie but even with all that you know pulled aside we said it multiple times throughout these reviews that more money doesn't necessarily make a better movie no. this movie well not having the numbers right in front of me to guarantee this but being at a decent budget for this time still made an amazing great great movie um and it was awesome it was phenomenal. Um, Definitely one of my favorites. It was phenomenal. I, I knew this movie would be very, 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 very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this movie by no means no means takes away anything from previous Bond movies. Um, and I do think pretty much any of the other Bond actors, it wasn't like Daniel Craig that, that made this movie. He's, he's a great Bond, no. but it wasn't him that made this movie. It was the the vision that they had and the writing that they had and yeah it was a good story the story that they wanted to tell it was grounded like i could have seen pierce brosnan in this movie i could have seen timothy doll i could have seen anybody do this movie oh um, yes oh yeah any of them could have done it and done it fine but i think it was the perfect they, they made a good choice by completely rebooting the franchise with new everything mm-hmm. you know the only holdover is judy dench's m and that's just because judy dench is a fucking badass actress Great, great. Yep. So great there actress. was no need I mean, to switch. She was a great M, too. Dench. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the other thing, though, what I liked is and, and for M's character, since you hit on that, throughout the next couple of movies, uh, it brings a good story to M. Oh, there's an not, arc between her and Bond. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, well, not, and not just that, but even when in the later movies, because I don't want to jump too far ahead, but when we get a new M. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. later on you know like even that the way it transitions everything there is is really good it has its own story arc too which i really like and same thing with q like we don't have a q now but as q comes in and q develops like the whole yeah. series is really good uh and i agree the the story and the way this movie was done any any of the previous bonds could have played bond really well i i do like daniel craig as this bond yeah i, I think he did a good job with it but you're right i could have seen any of the other ones in this role um and that might be one of the reasons why I like Daniel Craig's Bond so much is because it was the story behind him, the character. I mean, I like yeah. the way he plays Bond, but I really liked Casino Royale, the story, everything. And I think that's what makes him one of my favorite Bonds, just because of that movie. I was I was a Bond fan before, long before Casino Royale. I've been a, I've been a Bond fan literally my entire life. Casino Royale took it to a new level, though. Casino Royale took the Bond game into a place I'd never thought I would see Bond go. And it, it did it in such a wonderful, wonderful way, you know. And there's, and I mean, I'm, the Daniel Craig movies, just because we're, we're, I mean, we're preaching hard on Casino Royale, no, and I, Casino Royale, and I think you guys know, without us even doing the rankings, where this is going to end up on our list. But um, that's not to say, I mean, I've got, like some of the some of the Daniel Craig movies coming up, like I remember having major major problems with. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that the Daniel Craig block is the best block of Bond of all time. Well, 
And just like um, um, but Brosnan in the last block. I mean, he Goldeneye was top, was of, the the top list, of the list. And, and then the other ones were barely in the fire. middle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, he still played a really good Bond yeah. through all of them. Yep. But uh, yeah, Casino Royale changed the game for me as a Bond fan. It, it, it was yep. something that I did not expect. I, re- I remember leaving the movie theater and being like, what the fuck? I did not. Oh, yeah, it's, I it's did not easily know, one of my go-to. Yeah, I was like, I did not know this is what a Bond movie could be. I will say the last sequence, like the whole everything after Lashif getting killed. Yes. Um, I thought could have been done quicker. Um, it could have. I thought it was, it was almost like I thought a it was part necessi- two of the movie. Yeah, I thought it was necessary, but I thought it could have been done quicker. Yes, agreed. Um, it it kind of drug on a little bit, little bit longer than 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 I would have liked, but um, it was still necessary to to the story they were telling. So, Jordan, um, do you um, we're we're kind of diving into a review real quick. Do you want me to get into trivia time before we? I do. Before I we do, do ranking. But- as, as we're getting into this trivia, because I know it's going into trivia time, I just want to give a little bit of trivia myself. Um, this one is one of the go-to movies for me, and it was actually one of the ones that I ended up getting the whole collector set and everything for, because this was one of my favorite movies. I did, too. So there's, when there's it came my out, I got the, uh, like yeah. the, the, the biggest DVD set I could find when this movie released. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, I didn't get it when it released. I got it later down the road because it was one of my favorites that I would watch over and over again when it came on, or I don't know if I had a digital... I, I don't remember. I had it somewhere where I'd watch it over and over again, but I remember coming across a special collection set. I'm like, I need that because it's Casino Royale, and anybody who's followed the, the pictures of the podcast that I do has seen this in one of our spy yeah. uh, random rambling yeah. episodes because I put it in there. Um, but that, that's my trivia. So with that, it being what time, Eric? It's trivia. Trivia, trivia time, da-da-da. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Trivia Time for Casino Royale. Daniel Craig's debut is 007 himself. Fact number one, Daniel Craig actually rejected the part of James Bond a year before filming of this movie started as he felt the franchise had settled into a standard formula. He changed his mind when he read the finished script finished script fact number two the parkour chase scene in the beginning of the film took six weeks to film oh wow yeah yeah i think you're like like the the last fact i can think of from this was when we did from russia with love the the train fight scene i think that took like three or four weeks for them to film them fighting on the train uh so fight scenes and chase scenes seem to take a while to film I mean, I guess it makes sense because even though it, you only see a couple minutes on screen, all the special effects, getting the stunts right, mm-hmm. the practice, the training for it. I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Next fact, Daniel Craig became the first actor to be nominated for a BAFTA, which is basically the British Academy Awards, um, for playing James Bond. He was the first actor to be nominated nominated for a BAFTA. Huh. Next fact, much much was made about this movie's release and Daniel Craig's buff body. Being in this kind of condition was not new for Craig because at one point in his life, he was actually a semi-professional rugby player. So he maintained um, a similar body type throughout his entire life because of his, his athletic experience before. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first movie since Dr. No, the first Bond movie. A lot of correlations between that because this is essentially a reboot where mm-hmm. there were no nude dancing females during the title opening title sequence. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> we talked about how much we liked that opening scene. I didn't even think about that. Yep. Um, it was a conscious decision to leave the semi-naked girls out of the opening credits as the James Bond persona was not effectively established until the end of the movie. Okay. Makes so sense. it was intentional. He was not Bond until the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, in one afternoon's shooting, three, it was the Aston Martin DBS, by the way, not the DB7. Oh, um, it was, yes. Three okay, was Aston Martin DBSs valued at $300,000 each were destroyed for the car rolling sequence. Ugh. Yeah. So $900,000 just in cars it took for them to film that sequence. With that said, the seven rolls that the Aston Martin does in this scene has been entered into the Guinness Book of World Records as the highest number of rollovers achieved in a motion picture. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I didn't know that was a record. Yeah, there's a record. There's a Guinness Book. Of, there's the Guinness record for everything. That's true. Farthest distance hawking, hawking a loogie is in there. I mean, it's crazy. Um, According uh, to Daniel Craig, the only CGI in this movie was CGI in this movie was to erase safety wires in a lot of the stunt sequences, um, and to integrate the models for the sinking Palazzo into the real Venetian location. So, anytime you saw the Venetian building from the outside, it was CGI yeah. because you can't seek a real building. Yeah, and I, I mean you could tell that in a couple of scenes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, thinking back, there's really no, there's no mm-hmm. CGI. I mean, other than erasing no. stunt players. And there's nothing wrong with CGI in movies, but I feel like if you can get what you're trying to put across, you know, live on camera, the the better you do that, I think the better the, well, the rest of the movie is yeah. going to be. And it's easier on the editing side of it, too. Well, and also um, movies with less CGI hold up better as well. Yeah, yeah. That's it, essentially yeah. what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, but if you can get across like your special effects and all more while filming versus trying to, you know, explosions. Okay. If you're able to actually set off the explosion while filming with no one getting hurt versus trying to put the explosion in on editing, it's yeah. going to look better. It's going to have a better effect. That kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Uh, nothing wrong with CGI because it's, it's obviously needed uh, in sci-fi films and stuff like that. But even like you said with Daniel Craig, just you know, removing safety equipment stuff to, to make it like look more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do think movies with less CGI have a little bit more of an impact. Yep, yep. Next fact. This is the first James Bond movie to be approved by Chinese censors. All of hmm. the other James Bond films were only available in China as illegal bootlegs. <laughs> so no other Bond movie until this one was actually released in China because it, it was approved by Chinese censors. Wow. Yep. Um, next fact, although Dame Judi Dench as M does not really sit with the chronologic, chronologic, chronology of a rebooted James Bond, director Martin Campbell insisted on having her on board as he admired what the work she had done with the character. Mm-hmm. So she was like, listen, look, she was with me from GoldenEye. She's done a phenomenal job in this role. I insist on having her as M. Um, so that was the whole reason she was brought back as Martin Campbell was like, no, listen, she's my M period. Yeah. We're rebooting the franchise, but that doesn't mean she still can't be M. Mm-hmm. Um, Sir Sean Connery, Sir Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, George Lazenby, 
all of them supported the casting of Daniel Craig as James Bond and thought he played the role wonderfully. So every awesome. previous Bond approved of Daniel Craig's performance. That's awesome. Just like the kind of salute you get. <laughs> with uh, that said, Sir Roger Moore was reportedly so impressed with this movie that he actually went out and bought a DVD of it, which he had done with none of the previous movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um, this is a really fun fact right here. The final two contenders for the role of James Bond were Daniel Craig and Henry Cavill, a.k.a. Superman. However, and think about this, this is relate this to remember um, um, Timothy Dalton was considered to be Bond after Sean Connery, but he was he was young. Right. So bear that in mind. And he ended up playing Bond. Bear that in mind. So Daniel Craig and Henry Cavill were the final two contenders to play the role for James Bond. However, at age 22, Cavill was deemed too young for the role, and they decided to go with Craig instead. But as of now, or excuse me, as of the release of Spectre in 2015, Cavill is now 32, the same age that Sean Connery was when he started taking the, taking the role, and it's now a fan favorite to take over once Daniel Craig steps aside after No Time to Die. Interesting. And think about it this way. Granted, I would love to see Idris Elba play Bond as well, but Henry Cavill's not Superman anymore. He's not tied to DC. We could see Henry Cavill be the next James Bond. I, I You know what? I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, so would because, I. Because um, what was the other spy movie he was in? Um, man from uncle yes thank you (laughs) and i i liked him in that so i could see i could easily see him as bond i mean he played a good spy in in uh, man from uncle and um i mean obviously we tweaked the character a little bit but even then he he was not really a bond in that movie but he was close enough yeah yeah you could could easily pull it off yeah yeah you could definitely see it um so we'll see we'll see um, I'm honestly, I'm good with either him or Idris Elba. Either one of them, I think, would be phenomenal. Yeah. But um, next fact, and arguably the most important fact of it, out of all, the, all of these, is that this is the first movie in the 44, at the time of release, years of James Bond, where it rains in the movie. Huh. <laughs> I love throwing in fun little facts that make that d- have no relevance to the mil- <laughs> they really film don't, whatsoever. But it, but it makes you think about it. <laughs> I love throwing those in because they always make you go, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think now the last. I think find the, myself. I think the last one I said was was the. Um, I think the last one that blew your mind was. Uh, my fact on the world's uh, world's not enough, where all of the the pipeline was made out of like paper mache or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what the fact was, but I said something, <laughs> and you did the same thing. There was like a seven second pause, and you were like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't think about this kind of stuff. It kind of throws you off. <laughs> Next fact: Daniel Craig is the first James Bond, as we know to not act with Desmond Llewellyn, who played Q in the 17 previous movies and died in 1999. Mm-hmm. So that's that we already knew, but, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't 
have a shout out to my boy Q. Yep. Who we'll see again in the future. Of course, not Desmond Llewellyn, but we'll see him again in the future. Uh, during the black and white sequence at the beginning of the film, Dryden was the name of the character that Bond killed, by the way, goes up in an elevator showing the, the scene shows the floor indicator every time he goes up, you know, the, the little dial that goes up to the next floor. The mm-hmm. scene cuts before the elevator goes higher than six because Bond had not yet earned his 007 status. Huh. So that was an intentionally intentionally put in there because Bond wasn't 00 yet. So they cut away from that before he got to floor seven, which was the floor that he died on. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Well, you know, they they always put fun little 007 things in there before. Like, you yeah, know, the, well, it's the, like I caught the 007 in the card in the intro. Like, yeah, I, I caught yeah. that one, and but the I mean, winning, that one was like, obvious. There was movies ago they were playing cards, and the winning hand was 007. Uh, in GoldenEye, mm-hmm. the winning hand was 007. Um, all sorts of stuff. Uh, last fact, the old woman that played poker with James Bond and Dimitri at... The uh, the uh, Ocean Hotel or the Ocean Club mm-hmm. is Diane Hartford, who also appeared in Thunderball in 1965 as the woman who Bond decides to dance with at the Kiss Kiss Bang Club to make himself give himself a cover. Same actress. Wow. <laughs> I think you had mentioned in that movie, too, that, yeah, that she was she coming come back. back. Yep. But I, I forgot how I forgot all about that until you just mentioned it. And that is it. That's it for trivia time. That's trivia. There was some good trivia in that one. Yeah. Um, so with that, we already know this movie's one of our favorites, but we've got to rank it before we rank it because I think we all know where it's going to go. Let me get, catch catch you guys up with the list as of as of now. Current list is is as follows. Number one, GoldenEye. Number two, From Russia With Love. Number three, You Only Live Twice. Number four, The Spy Who Loved Me. Number five, Thunderball. Number six, License to Kill. Number seven, For Your Eyes Only. Number eight, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Number nine, Goldfinger. Number 10, The Living Daylights. Number 11, Dr. No. Number 12, Tomorrow Never Dies. Number 13, A View to a Kill. Number 14, Die Another Day. Number 15, The Man with the Golden Gun. Number 16, The World is Not Enough. Number 17, Octopussy. Number 18, 18, Moonraker. Number 19, Live and Let Die. Number 20, Diamonds Are Forever. So, Jordan, just say it. Where's number this movie? One. Number, number one. one. Number I, one I, with I, a bullet, as they say. I, I mean, I love GoldenEye. It was a good movie. But I was a fan of Casino Royale when it came out. Uh, still a fan now. Uh, even the reboot. Just the way the whole movie was done. I mean, great. I know newer movies, newer technology. It looks fancier. But there was a really, really good story there. there it was had a good yeah. Bond developing character. Um, Daniel Craig did a good job with that too. Uh, but there was good story in the story, if that makes sense. Not only yeah. the, the full picture, but the character stories. The, the way they intertwined. Everything was really done well. Um, the special effects as far as you know, the black and white in the beginning, you had a good intro, all of it all around. And I know we're getting into the villain list next with Lashif and all that, but the villains, the organization and the background, everything kind of came into play in this movie. And the only thing that, like you said, that kind of goes against it is that tail end of the movie, which was still really good, still well done. They could have trimmed it. They could have kind of, Shortened the whole movie up just a tiny bit. But overall, it was well done. Great for the story. 
great way to reboot Bond and kick him off in a new direction. Um, so definitely a number one in my book for all the reasons, all purposes. hundred percent agree, man. This, this movie is just, I mean, I'm not going to sit here. We've, we've said throughout this whole movie, how much, how much we loved it. And, and this one, you know, there, there has been, there's been bond movies that have surprised me that I thought were going to be lower that ended up higher and vice versa. I thought we're going to be higher and ended up lower on, on both my personal list and the uh, Friday films list. But this movie, Agreed. this movie's not. This movie held up just as well as I, I thought it was going to, and it held up in a in a phenomenal way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just incredibly well done from start to finish, and I, I think my review can be summed up with what I said earlier on. I, I, is is when I left the theater the first time I saw this movie, I knew, I did not know that Bond movies could be like this, and that mm-hmm. alone sets the tone going going forward um yeah you know i mean i'll be honest with you i don't think full disclosure it's been a little while since i've watched the rest of the daniel craig movies mm-hmm. but going forward forward i don't think anything's going to beat this you know i no i think no, there I will mean, be mo- there will be movies that that there may be there may be at least there's one i'm thinking of off the top of my head that may make it in the top 10 um but i think the rest of them are probably going to be below top 10 not that they're bad yeah. Not that they're bad. No, they um, were all good But movies. just based on my memory, there's only one more that I think has a chance of making it to the top ten. Yeah, um, no, because uh, the next movie, Quantum of Solace, um, I don't remember much of it. That's the least memored or remembered movie out of all the, mm-hmm. the Daniel Craig block. But from recently watching Spectre, because I remember rewatching Spectre before we started the Bond review, so that's probably been the mo- my most recent out of the Bond review uh, Bond movie. That one was still pretty good, but rewatching Casino Royale, even that, I, I have trouble seeing it anywhere in the top five. Yeah. Um. And, and granted, once we rewatch it with the whole mindset of the reviews and all that, it might might change. But this was just like in the the Brosman movie, um, or block. This was like the number one movie out of the block, and then the rest will do their best to try and keep up. But there, I doubt any of them will probably kick this one out of number one yeah i mean, I mean I don't, as of now i know we still have the new uh movie once it comes out so there's there's still a chance but as of now i don't see anything yeah we'll see what happens man but as of now the top five and even the top 10 are just solid yeah agreed um that being said we got the villain uh list and i'll read it off real quick because we didn't talk about the much so i'm curious to see where we're going to put him um, I mean, granted, he was a good villain, and he, he was, you know, well worth being put in this movie. But uh, anyway, real quick, I got number one, Goldfinger and Oddjob. Uh, number two is Alec Trevani. Alec Trevani of Trevani's Family <laughs> Restaurante. <laughs> Trevelin. Uh, and Xena on a top from Goldeneye. Uh, number two uh, is at three from Thunderball read that backwards uh four is santez and um dario from license to kill five is stromberg and jaws from the spy who loved me six is christasos lock and eric from for your eyes only uh zorn and mayday come in at number seven from a view to a kill eight is the good old specter general and red from russia with love um nine drax and jaws from moonraker uh ten is blowfield from you only live twice 
11 is Scaramanga and Nick Knack from The Man with the Golden Gun. 12 is Carver and Stamper from Tomorrow Never Dies. 13 is Kanaga Claw and the Baron from Live and Let Die. 14 is Dr. No. 15 is Blowfield, Wit and Kid from Diamonds Are Forever. 16 is Blowfield from One of Her Majesty's Secret Service. 17 is Yogi Whitaker and the Milkman, or Necros, from The Living Daylights. Uh, Gustav Graves and uh, Zhao from Die Another Day coming at 18. Uh, 19 is King and Renard from The World's Not Enough, or Renard and King, whichever way you want to do it. And then 20 is Khan and Gobinda from Octopussy. I, I like Lashif. He was a good villain. He wasn't the, the bad, scary villain. Um, but he was, but can, though. He was. He was and but, he and wasn't. And he did it in a way as, as he did it as an accountant. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Lashif played a good villain. I will give you that. However, he was the very, like, he wasn't the menacing, like, I'm here to rule the world or anything like that, or you can't get in my way. He was more of the, you could tell he was at the bottom of this organization that he was working with that we don't know about. Um, he was the money man, essentially. Mm -hmm. He stole some money from some uh, warlords, and Bond kind of got in the way to ruin his easy plan of making money, and he just kind of got caught in the the group of things. So, Dude, I'll give I'll give you that. But like the way he was played, the the way he was, was played and portrayed was so well yes, done. That I agree you with. Know, I definitely so agree well with you done. there. So I mean, he played. A well, um, a well looked villain. Like you can look and tell he's a villain. You yeah. know he's a villain. That I agree with. But he wasn't like the oh you get in my way I kill you. You know it was kind of like he didn't even know how to take out Bond. He like he's like all right well I'll get my girlfriend who I almost got her arms cut off yeah. to try and poison Bond. You, well you that didn't work. I don't know what to do. You know like yeah. yeah. So he didn't play that type of good like like you know Goldfinger Alec. Uh, number two, Sanchez, Stromberg, all of those guys were like, no, we are the villain. You get in our way, there will be consequences. This guy's like, Dude, I don't know what to do with this agent. I need to get rid of him. I but think, I don't know what to do. I think I would still put him above number two. I, I, like me personally, I would put him at number three. I don't huh. think he's good. As, I don't think he's a good. He's as good as Trevlin. I don't think he's as good as, oh, as, no. as Goldfinger. Um but I think he's, I mean, he's, he's, I think he's better than, better than number two. I mean, he's, he's a good villain. Like his plan's not great, but at the same time, Goldfinger's plan was to make money too. And Goldfinger was well, not world it, domination. Goldfinger's well, I mean, plan was to yeah, make money. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. But I mean, I just, I, throughout this whole movie, even though he was a good villain, I just, I knew he was the bomb list. He, to me, he felt like the henchman working for a mysterious villain that we didn't know but about. But you have to remember, he is the um, villain of the film. You can't relate that to future spoilers that we'll get to. No, 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 no. And, and I'm not. And I'm not. I'm just saying, like, you could tell, even with the way he portrayed himself, yes, he was the villain, but you could tell he was. You know, he was he would steal money from one person to try and make it for this organization because it was even clear clarified at the very beginning. Like, look, the chief works for this organization. We don't know anything about it. But you could just tell he was kind of like you said, he was the accountant, but he was just kind of like the low level. He yeah. didn't come off as, um, you know, a strong, not just villain, but or, or henchman or anything. He didn't to me, feel like a strong villain that was there to ruin the day. Well, where, he just would, where would you put like, him out of curiosity? Uh, now, uh, 
see, to me, I would probably put him, like, I want to put him in the top 10. Because you're right, he is kind of got a, a well played, like, the actor played his character very well. But he didn't seem like a scary villain or a, you know, like, you, you have Zorn, like, you think of Zorn, he was, like, the crazy, like, what, where, you know, what, nothing where's, Zor- where's Zorn at? Zorn was seven. I mean, honestly, I, I, I'd be okay with putting him around number eight. Like eight was the Spectre General and Red. You know how much I loved Red as the yeah. anti Bond, but he was a henchman. Um, Who's number six, real quick? Six was Christosos, Locke, and Eric, and Christosos had that whole like. I'd put, I'd put him above Christosos, man. <sighs> I know, but Christosos had that whole thing like he double played Bond. He's yeah. like, "Hey, I'm I'm the villain who's your friend who's really the villain." You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, Lashif's the villain from the beginning. Um, All right, so let's. And, and let's Grant, play I know this. this is this is early stages, so I mean, this isn't like you know the best Bond. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's early Bond, so I get it. I really do. Like, it's an early Bond. It's an early villain. It fits. It, everything's great. The actor played the villain very, very well. I just, I don't see the villain character as, you know, like Sanchez. This, this you know, might like, be. The... I had trouble comparing him to Sanchez. Yeah. I had trouble comparing him to Alec. Gold, Goldfinger, I can kind of compare him to a little bit more. But even then, Goldfinger was kind of like, look, you can't get in my way. Yeah. You know what? I'm not putting up with it. I will find a way to get rid of you. It's no big deal. You, you, Versus you make some very you you do make some very very good points, and I definitely see where you're coming from on it. But I'm curious. Let's 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 practice this real quick. The highest I said I would put him was number three, right? Above number you said, two. Yeah, you you said you would put him above number two, which would be number three, which yeah. would make him number three. So where is the lowest that you would put him? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could put him above Drax because Drax and Jaws is at nine, but Jaws is really what made Drax that bad. Yeah, because Drax <laughs> that wasn't high good. on the list. Yeah, and I mean the Blowfields. I I mean I could see him above all the Blowfields really. Um, problem is I see Carver <laughs> from Smart Never Dies higher than him, so it's it's a really hard list to put him on. Um, I, I had trouble putting him above Zorn, which was seven. Seven. So and like say, I said, I liked Red as the anti-Bond, but he was not, like, he was the henchman. Yeah. The Spectre General was not that good. So and you granted, would, so we don't really have you would a put him at eight, right? I would probably put him in eight, so what's, personally. So what's, the, what's mean, the middle point between three and eight? Where would that put him? That would put him at, what, five? Stromberg or and Jaws, and six is Christosos, Locke, and uh, So we're Eric. still at the same point. Put him at yeah. eight. Put him at eight, man. We're gonna like our personal lists are way too different on this one. You gotta you gotta put yeah. them in eight. As much as I hate to hear um, that, we're not gonna we're not gonna come on middle ground on that one. Well, I mean, like I said, it's just it, I know they're all different villains. They all have their strength. They all have their weaknesses. But it just even with him being a good villain, I just had trouble comparing him to the mentality of some of these other villains. Yeah. That that's my hardest part. I mean, yes, as as far as a he was a good kind of mysterious, sinister villain. Even when he had the whole eye bleeding thing, which wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily part of. Hey, I'm a villain. Watch my eye bleed. It was kind of like hey, it's, it's it creepy, happens. <laughs> it was definitely creepy. It definitely made the character even better. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you could tell he was a, a bottom of the line villain trying to fight against bond with whatever way he could think of but he he was just trying to get through and get his money back you know what i mean like 
I, I don't know. Like I, so, I just have trouble put, comparing so him Jordan, to Zorn. I, this is in your hands, man. You, we got to rank him. We got to put him on the list. Oh god. Uh, let's put him at number thirty. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I will fight you on that. So put him put him on the list, Jordan. I, I I defer entirely to you for this one. All right. Well, since we were where I said eight, you said three. Let's just meet in the middle. I'll put him. Uh, although I don't see him above Zorn, I will put him at six with Christasos. Because Stromberg's at five. Stromberg's at five? Okay. I'll take that. Does that work? I'll take that. I'll accept. That's a good compromise. I'll accept that. Okay. So <laughs> that was the most we disagreed on a villain. <laughs> it's very true. And I know we didn't talk about Lashif as a villain at all. No, when not we watched the recording. movie or yeah. even in recording, we didn't really say much about him other than his play in the, in the movie. Yeah. So he, to me, I guess this is probably the hardest villain we've had to play. It was, but, um, it was. So I'm not going to go over the whole list, but we have now have him, um, at number six, jumping everyone down. He is now our number six villain. Didn't make the top five, even though I know you really wanted him to, but he made the top ten, and he'll probably be there I'll for a compromise. while. I'll compromise. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's he'll good. probably be there for a while. All right, so with that out of the way, we hope everyone really enjoyed Casino Royale as much as we did. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this review as much as we uh, enjoyed the movie. But uh, next week, join us for Quantum of Solace. I don't really remember this movie much. I know this is one of your least favorite Daniel Craig movies it from is. what you remember. It's it's so one it should of, be interesting. It's one of like before we started this, it was on it was on the lower quarter of my list as a whole. Like it was it was pretty low down there. Um so we'll see if it if it works its way up the list any at all, at least for me personally. Yeah. It could be for me too, because I don't remember much of it. Granted, I think I only saw it the one time when it first came out. Um, and normally a lot of these movies I'll rewatch over and over again. I don't blame you. It, it is, all. it is very, of the Daniel Craig's it's incredibly forgettable. It's a very forgettable movie. All right. Well with that, we hope everyone will join us next week for quantum of solace. Eric, I'll let you take over the outro. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this glorious episode of Friday films bond in review featuring Daniel Craig's debut as 007 himself in Casino Royale. If you liked what you listened to on this episode, don't forget you can follow us on any social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at WhoDoPresents. Best way to get a hold of us, best way to let us know what your personal ranking lists are, whether you agree with the ranking of Casino Royale at number one, which you very well should, or whether you agree with the ranking of uh, Lashif at number six, let us know. We'll find out. Are you more on the Jordan side of him being in the lower part of the top 10 or the Eric side of him being on the top part of the top 10? Let us know um, at Hoodoo Presents on any of your preferred social media platforms. Once again, also appreciate your patience. We mentioned this in a previous episode of, of Random Rambling, but recordings and releases have been inconsistent over the last couple of weeks. You may have noticed that we have basically alternated between Bond and Review and uh, Random Rambling due to the recent COVID-19 out pandemic has caused mm-hmm. some issues with uh, scheduling between myself and Jordan. But we're going to get back on track in the next couple of weeks. So stick with us and enjoy the Bond and Review as it has been so far. Yes. Thank you very much for keeping up with us during these um, semi-hectic times. And we hope you are all still enjoying and we'll – hopefully enjoy the next movie as much as we are looking forward to it right eric (laughs) um so with that again this is eric and jordan and until next time let the credits roll